In a world filled with the vertically challenged, one green alien embarks on a mission to prove he has what it takes to conquer the universe for his people. Strap in, sing the doom song, and prepare to destroy all humans as we take a dive into the strange world of Invader Zim. What up fam? Welcome to Toon Lord Done Right, a podcast where I take a moment to give you a quick history of a film, TV show character, or concept in animation. You can call me Dave, and I'm kind of a student of all things animation. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at ToonLordDR, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ToonLord. As always, I want to thank everyone who has been listening to and sharing the podcast. Pretty soon, I'll start reading all of the five-star reviews that I get on Apple Podcasts. However, before I get started, there are a few things that I wanted to address. In my last episode, I praised you guys for helping the show receive more than 700 total downloads. Since then, you guys have been hard at work sharing the podcast. Because not only did we pass 800, we soared past 900. We cracked 1,000, and ultimately, we landed past 1,100 total downloads for the show. Now, I know I say this every time, but I'm always shocked that you guys are so dedicated to my labor of love. Lastly, in my Avatar episode, I mentioned Dragon Ball as one of the top three anime that I'd like to tackle on the show. And I just want to clear that up just a little bit. I'm a huge fan of anime in general, and there's way more than three anime that I love. But there are only three that occupy the same space as Avatar as my top tier favorites. Those shows being Dragon Ball, Yu Yu Hakusho, and One Piece. Of course, I could go on for days naming some of my favorites like Cowboy Bebop, Death Note, Samurai Champloo, and Gurren Lagann. But again, if I named off every anime, the show would be way too long. So, with that being said, let's jump straight into it. Invader Zim is an American animated science fiction dark comedy TV series created by comic book writer and cartoonist Johan Vasquez for Nickelodeon. The series centers around an incompetent extraterrestrial named Zim from the planet Urk. His mission is to conquer Earth and enslave the human race along with his malfunctioning robot servant, Gurr. He is antagonized by the human child, Dib, a young paranormal investigator who is determined to stop Zim from succeeding at every turn. The show, running from March 2001 to December 2002, ran for two seasons and 27 episodes. After the first season was picked up for season two, it was then canceled abruptly, leaving most of season two's episodes unfinished. Episode 7 aired on the network, while episodes 1 through 6 became available on DVD in 2004. Even though the show itself was short-lived, it gained a cult following. So much so that the show's fans created InvaderCon in celebration for the show's 10-year anniversary. Even further, the fans' love for the series helped to bring a movie to Netflix in 2019 called Invader Zim Enter the Florpus. The original run of Invader Zim was produced by Nickelodeon Animation Studios with Nick Digital providing the CGI animation services and Sunwoo Entertainment providing the 2D animation services. Sunwoo Entertainment began in the mid-70s by producing animation mainly for Disney afternoon TV series such as Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Darkwing Duck. 
then soon expanded by providing animation services for Nickelodeon shows like Rocco's Modern Life and of course Invader Zim. Now, Invader Zim was one of the first TV series to incorporate 2D and 3D animation. I believe that Futurama was the only other TV series at the time that used 3D animation in the same way. Now, the feature film on Netflix, Into the Florpus, used a Korean animation studio called Maven, and they are most known for working on a number of DC animated properties. As for the writers, Eric Trueheart started his work in live action, but for animation, has worked on things like Invader Zim, Into the Florpus, Sonic Boom, Ying Yang Yo, and Turbo Fast on Netflix. As a fun little fact, he's gone on record stating that he started writing for animation because he lost a bet. Now, speaking of fun facts, in a behind the scenes video, he confirmed that if Invader Zim, the TV show, had gone on for three to four seasons, Dib would have gone on a quest to find out why his life sucks so bad. He would then find out that he was not born, but created by his scientist father. Another major writer for the show, Danielle Cohen, has worked on shows like Star vs. The Forces of Evil, The Replacements, and also Ying Yang Yo. Zim was her first animated writing gig. Moving on to music for a bit, Kevin Manti, the composer, received an Annie Award nomination for his work on Invader Zim. For those who don't know, the Annie Awards are like the Academy Awards for animation. In total, Invader Zim has received seven separate Annie Award nominations, which is, oddly enough, the same number of nominations as Avatar The Last Airbender. Fun fact, Max and Dave Fleischer were the first to be honored for the Annie Awards for bringing characters like Betty Boop to the animated screen and inventing the technique of rotoscope. Anywho, in addition to working on Invader Zim, Manti has worked on TV shows like The Ultimate Spider-Man, Shaolin Showdown, Robot Chicken, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Ben 10, and Johnny Test. And the movies that he's worked on have been movies like Terminator 3, Spy Kids, Scream 1, 2, and 3, Deep Impact, and Batman the Gotham Knight. A lot of these are shows and movies that I remember from my past. And now I want to give you some of my thoughts on Zim when it first came out. I remember when the show came out in the early 2000s, and it was different than the shows that I was used to at the time. Invader Zim came along at a time when Nickelodeon really seemed to be taking risks with the shows that they wanted to show. The vibe I got from Invader Zim reminded me of I Real Monsters along with Ren and Stimpy. But to highlight the range of shows that premiered around the same time, we have Rocket Power, As Told by Ginger, Kablam, Action League Now, Shout out to everyone who got my Action League Now trivia from the last episode. The Wild Thornberries, Doug, before it was acquired by Disney, Rocco's Modern Life, Hey Arnold, and the list could honestly go on. Invader Zim was one of those shows, along with Ren and Stimpy, that my parents did not want me to watch. And honestly, for pretty good reason. It was grotesque, kind of ratchet, it was loud, but I couldn't stop myself from watching it. In contrast, shows that aired on Cartoon Network during the same time period were Time Squad, Sheep in the Big City, and Samurai Jack, which is also one of my all-time favorites. 
I remember seeing in Invader Zim a combination of 2D and 3D animation and being wowed by it. At the time, I didn't really know the ins and outs of what 2D and 3D animation was. I just knew that it looked pretty cool and it was different than most other shows that I had seen at the time. The only other show that I could think of that had a 3D spaceship like this was Futurama. So when reminiscing on my time with Zim, I can't say that the show was ever my all-time favorite, but it did leave a lasting impression on me. In many ways, Zim was a product of its time. As I mentioned before, this was a time for the networks to really take some risks, and by doing so, they were able to make some major hits, but they were also able to make some shows like Rocco, Action League, and Ginger that have a lasting effect on a small group of people that truly love them, but don't necessarily reach the mass market. Zim and Rocco are perfect examples of this. They both skewed more adult for their audience and were criminally short-lived. Then, as the fans grew up and continued to campaign for these shows, they were both given feature-length films on Netflix. For Invader Zim, we got Enter the Florpus, which is, in my opinion, a great return to form for the series. By getting the original creators to come back on board, the movie was able to keep the same soul. This movie makes it feel like, honestly, the show never left. There's even an action sequence towards the end of the movie that got me super hyped. As a huge Dragon Ball fan, as you guys already know, I was quite impressed with the final battle sequence with Dib's dad, Professor Membrane. Now, with that in mind, Invader Zim is rated 7 plus on Netflix, but like I mentioned before, it does skew to a more adult audience. So, with the grotesque nature of the show, I will be hesitant to let my kid watch it. Even though the movie and the characters are honestly great. To dive into the characters, we will start with the title man himself, Zim. Voiced by Richard Horvitz, known for his work on Psychonauts, Destroy All Humans 1 and 2, Angry Beavers, Ben 10, Skylanders the series as Chaos, and my personal favorite, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as Alpha 5. Ay, 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 ay. Zim is an alien of the Urken race and a former Urken invader. I say former invader because his selfish and short-sighted actions usually lead to disaster. In his last act as an invader, he was successful in devastating an entire city for the Urken Empire. However, it turns out that the destruction he led was carried out on his own people and not the enemy. The leaders of the Urken Empire, known as the Almighty Tallest, sent him on an impossible mission to Earth in an attempt to banish and get rid of him. When sending their invaders on missions, the Tallest will give each invader a robot companion and death machine called SIRS, which stands for Standard Issue Information Retrieval Units. However, for Zim, they gave him a defective model called a GUR. The G doesn't really stand for anything. GUR, reporting for duty. GUR? What does the G stand for? I don't know. Voiced by Ricky Simmons, known for his work on Jackie Chan Adventures, GUR is insane, hyperactive, and is a terrible assistant to Zim, but ultimately becomes the closest thing Zim has to a friend or even family. Gur's antics make him my favorite character of the show, and he occupies the spot as the show's deuteragonist. Deuteragonist. In literature, the deuteragonist, or secondary main character, is the second most important character, after the protagonist, and before the third most important character, the tritagonist. 
the deuteragonist may switch between supporting and opposing the protagonist depending on the deuteragonist's own conflict for the plot. Moving on to the hero-ish, we have Dib Membrane. He is the main heroic antagonist to the show and occupies the spot as the show's tritagonist. Voiced by Andy Berman, known for his work as Dennis from Jamie Foxx Show and Chuck Coleman from The Wonder Years and as a director and producer on TV shows like Psych. He is the older brother of Gas and son of Professor Membrane. He is a self-proclaimed defender of Earth and often foils Zim's plots. However, despite Zim being green and having antenna, no one takes Dib seriously. He is unpopular in his home life and in his school life, and because of his obsession with the paranormal, he is often dismissed as insane. Gaz, his younger sister, shares the tritagonist spot for the show. Gaz is unfortunately the only female lead of the show. Voiced by Melissa Fawn, she has worked on shows like Baruto, Digimon, Fully Cooley, and on Cowboy Bebop as Ed. Let it be known that from this day until the end of the day, vengeance will be mine. Dib, you will not know the meaning of peace, for I shall rain misery down upon your pizza-stealing heart! Gaz is known for her violent and antisocial personality and doesn't really care for people, at least not nearly as much as she cares for pizza and video games. She is incredibly strong and extremely tough emotionally. Next up, we have Professor Membrane, which is Gaz and Dib's father. Voiced by Roger Burpus, known for his role as Squidward from SpongeBob SquarePants and Dr. Light from the Teen Titans, he is a genius and is one of the most famous and important people on the planet. He is often on call and rarely is able to supervise his kids, so he created a floating monitor to speak with him. The major downside is that it often spews out pre-recorded messages that are out of date. Despite being largely absent, he does in fact love his kids a lot. He just loves them in his own way that us non-geniuses can't comprehend. Lastly on our character list, we have the almighty tallest Red and Purple. Red is voiced by Wally Wingert, known for his role as Oscar on Hey Arnold and the Riddler from the Batman Arkham series. And Purple, voiced by Kevin McDonald, known for his role as Pleakley from Lilo and Stitch and Pastor Dave from That 70s Show. The Almighty Tallest are the leaders of the Urkin Empire and are the ones that sent Zim on his hopeless mission to Earth. As their name suggests, they are the tallest known Urkins alive and they essentially have absolute power over the Urkin race. The Urkin Empire has a hierarchy that exalts people based on their height. This leaves the shortest among them to be looked down upon both literally and figuratively. While they have successfully run an empire to near universal domination, the tallest are quite childish. There is even a point where they threaten the lives of their entire race because they like to move their spaceships in a straight line. So instead of moving around an obstacle, they put everyone's lives in danger. Now, with that business being done, let's go to the hook shot. Now we've come to the portion of the show that I like to call the hook shot. This is where I watch the first three to five episodes of the show at hand, and if I'm hooked, then I'll let you know if you should give it a shot. 
Think of it as a mini review. There are some shows or movies that take long breaks in between releases, but are able to return just as good as they were before. A show like All That is a great example. Then there are some shows or movies that take long breaks that make you wish that a sequel was never made. I'm looking at you, Dumb and Dumber. However, the Invader Zim movie really finds a way to capture some of that same magic the show had, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's definitely not a movie for a new fan of Zim, but as a person who remembered the show fondly, but hasn't really gone back to watch it faithfully in its 18-year absence, I had a good time with it. As an adult, I can definitely appreciate the humor a bit more. I did think it was funny back in the day, but there was so much more depth than I remembered. So do I recommend it? Well, it's kind of like I said earlier. The show is good and holds a special place in my heart, but I really think that it's for a niche audience. Without the nostalgia, I'm not sure if I would watch it cold turkey myself. So I'd say this. Watch the first two episodes of the show. You can actually find it pretty easily on YouTube. And if you don't like it from the first few episodes, then it's probably not for you. But if you were a fan of All Real Monsters or even Curse the Cowardly Dog, then you will find something that you enjoy about Invader Zim. Now before I let you go, I want to take you to the part of the show I like to call Blacklight. Here, I scour the farthest and darkest corners of the internet to showcase a piece of work or artist that has piqued my interest. Today, I would like to highlight Evan Burst of the Cartoon Block. So I found out about Evan a few years ago because of his awesome How to Draw series on YouTube. He has been a professional animator for over a decade and has worked on shows like Batman the Brave and the Bold, The Black Panther, and the original Teen Titans. On his YouTube channel, The Cartoon Block, he will show you how to draw characters like Black Panther, Kylo Ren, the Joker, and sometimes he has more focused tutorials on topics like how to draw superhero arms. He also has what he calls the Cartoon Block Academy, where he will give you a deeper dive into some of his lessons. His lessons will allow you to, quote, level up as an artist. His Kickstarter in 2014 was actually the first crowdfunding project that I ever supported. It was the Cartoon Block Sketches Volume 1, and it had some awesome original and fan art from shows like Legend of Korra and Soul Eater. So, if you want to see some cool art, and if you want to upgrade your drawing skills, you can find Evan Burst on YouTube at The Cartoon Block. Now, moving on to the trivia. As always, the trivia will consist of one question that directly relates to the episode and one unrelated fan question. Remember, you can submit fan questions to me by emailing me at toonlorddr at gmail.com. So, here goes. For our show question, how many years was it between the start of Invader Zim and the release of the movie Into the Florpus? Was it A, 18 years, B, 15 years, C, 13 years, or D, 10 years. I'll say it again. How many years was it between the start of Invader Zim and the release of the movie Into the Florpus? Was it A, 18 years, B, 15 years, C, 13 years, or D, 10 years? For the fan question, in Rocco's modern life, 
What is the name of Rocco's favorite TV show? Was it A, the big heads, B, the fat heads, C, the frog heads, or D, the bed heads? And I'll say it again. In Rocco's Modern Life, what is the name of Rocco's favorite TV show? Was it A, the big heads, B, the fat heads, C, the frog heads, or D, the bed heads? This has been Toon Lord Done Right. And don't forget to like, share, review, comment, and subscribe. You guys have been doing an amazing job of sharing the show. So now we just need to get our reviews up. If you do a review, then I can shout you out on the pod. If you would like to submit a trivia question, please send me an email to toonlorddr at gmail.com with the subject line TLDR Trivia. Please give a multiple choice question and note the correct answer. Also, feel free to leave your Twitter or Instagram handles in your message. You can make suggestions on future episodes by joining the Facebook page at facebook.com slash or you can start a dialogue with me by following me on Instagram and on Twitter at ToonLoreDR. Now, before we go, I want to address one last thing. COVID-19 has affected me and my family in a big way. For those who have listened to my we don't all black the same episode, you will know that I currently live in Hong Kong and I absolutely love it here. As a black man with two beautiful black kids, living in Asia has granted us a freedom that I didn't know I could have. Well, because of COVID-19, that will be changing soon. Many businesses could not sustain the stress of COVID-19 and my place of employment was one of those businesses. With the Hong Kong branch closed, I have to relocate back to America in the next few weeks. So what does that mean for you guys? It means that after the release of my next episode, I will take a short break, likely for the month of October. I will still be active on social media, but transitioning my family will need to take all of my focus. I appreciate your patience with me and your support. I honestly couldn't ask for better listeners. So. Until the next time I can give you the TLDR on a film, TV show, character, or concept in animation, it's been real.